Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, this being the podcast that's coming out right after Easter, I kind of wanted to get back to the basics of why we do it, to get everyone to come closer to church, to come closer to Jesus. And, you know, obviously that's that's the mission of every Sunday, but happens in a very particularly special way upon Easter, where we renew our baptism. Normally it's one of the more fuller masses of the year. And, you know, I just wanted to, to kind of use this opportunity to to really hone in on getting getting people to to come back into church and and that's you know obviously why we do the cast and also to continue the message we had from our last one about virtues and how you have to work upon it to grow more and I know that there's a lot of times for various people's lives about oh, it's been so long since I went to church. It's been so long since I exercised this virtue. I almost don't, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to go there with a group of people and stand where I'm not supposed to stand or do something I'm not supposed to do, say the wrong words. And, you know, just all these made up reasons that you can have to to not want to go. And it to me seems like folly, first of all. But again, going to directly what we said about the virtues before, that if you don't work those muscles, they deteriorate. And I guess the biggest thing that the question I've been having and trying to figure out how to articulate it is, why is there a need for us to have to do this? Everything that you ever could possibly want is in the Eucharist. Why is it they're not aligned everywhere to to go and to receive the Eucharist and to become closer to Jesus. And I guess that's obviously part of why we do this podcast and around it. But I don't think we ever fully just address the question head on because having done this now for for over a year or so, um, this is just kind of coming in my head more and more. Why is this a thing when all of the answers are found in the Eucharist, essentially. You know, all of them are found through your relation with Jesus, as you said many, many times in our recordings. So that being said, that's kind of where I wanted to kick this off and see see what direction we go in. Well, I guess, uh, you know, we can think about that from a, a couple different perspectives. On the one hand, <clears throat> why doesn't God, God, you know, kind of make it more obvious or, you know, if he would just reveal himself in glory, then everybody would fall on their faces and worship him, right? Mm-hmm. So um, why does he remain so hidden? You know, I don't think the average person would go into a church and look at the Eucharist and think, oh, look, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so why does he remain so hidden? And just to answer that quickly and simply, he remains so hidden because he wants to protect our freedom. If he appeared in glory and everybody fell on their face, they wouldn't do it with their full freedom. They would do it in, in terror and reaction and, you know, it just, it wouldn't engage the entirety of, of who we are. And if there's no freedom, there's no love. And ultimately God doesn't want us to be puppets. He doesn't want us to be mechanical 
soldiers that he's moving around with his remote control you know he wants a, he wants our love and so he can't destroy our freedom or compromise our freedom and still have our love and so that's why he keeps a lot of things under the veil of faith because that gives us the room to doubt mm-hmm. and to disbelieve it also therefore gives us the room to see and to believe and so he really wants our freedom and that's why you know i'm thinking about maybe some of those people who uh, went to mass on easter and had a good experience you now maybe had been away from mass for a little while and um maybe some of our listeners are included in that or maybe some of their friends are included in that and in having that good experience when they made the free choice, you know, probably nobody forced them to go to either Easter Mass. They could have refused. And they went, and they were open, and something happened. Well, run with that. A little bit of freedom opened up. Now use that freedom again to choose to go to Mass, to choose to worship God, to choose to receive Him in, in the Eucharist, and, and maybe to go to confession would be a good thing. So uh, we want to keep using our freedom to do what is good. And that's just like we said in the last podcast. And I want to encourage our listeners, if they missed that one, to uh, tune in. I think that was a really important one because it talks about how Sunday Mass affects the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Mass is only one hour out of whatever, 132 hours in a week. And uh, so Sunday Mass really affects our lives especially through the development of the growth of virtue. And the virtue of religion is one of those virtues. It's to give justice to God. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he deserves our time. He deserves our attention. He deserves our worship and our prayer. And so as we exercise, having made a little step toward that virtue, we went to church. It felt good. Our freedom expands a little bit. It's just a little bit easier to go to church the next week. Use it. Mm-hmm. Go with that. Keep expanding that freedom. Keep developing that virtue. So that's a really important thing. And then in terms of uh, why, why people aren't going to church, so I answered the question, why isn't God kind of like pushing it in our faces more? Well, mm-hmm. because he wants to protect our freedom. Well, why are people not going to church? And, you know, I think we all know we could all think of 15 different stories from the people that we know. Um, I just heard this one priest talk about uh, a woman who had stopped going to church. This had happened in the 90s, I guess. She had stopped going to church like 45 years earlier. And she had come back because her her husband had died or something. And uh, she wanted to have him buried at the church. And the pastor simply said, you know, like, I don't have any record of, you know, you having been here. Is this your parish or like, you know, what's going on? And she said, no, I I left, you know, back in 1947 because the pastor at that time ran away with my sister. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, well, of course that's terrible. Mm -hmm. But that was 45 years ago. (laughs) you, You held a grudge for 45 years? because of that so sometimes 
So I'm saying that in both ways. To be gentle, there are wounds, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm not minimizing those wounds. I'm not saying that's a that's not a terrible thing that she experienced, that that pastor did, or for that matter that her sister did. Yeah. Obviously, it takes two to tango, but as bad as some things may be, and you know, I know people who were who were sexually abused as children by priests. I, I know people who are themselves priests and religious who were sexually abused by priests as children mm-hmm. and who have forgiven and who have healed and who pray for those priests and who are able to give their lives in service of the church. You know, and, and that's not easy, and I give them tremendous credit for that. But the point is, even the worst wounds, I'm trying to list some of the worst mm-hmm. wounds, we, we have to work through those because if we don't, we just end up bound in ourselves. So a first question to ask people is, well, you know, why aren't you going to church and when did you stop? And is there some wound to work through? You know, is there some area that you need forgiveness, that you need healing? And uh, there's a great thing that I'll just mention. I probably mentioned it before, but it's called Unbound. It's really worth looking into. There's a book and then, then it's a ministry. And it's a ministry for those in the Pittsburgh area that's really growing. We have a conference, well, it would be, in the past by the time this podcast airs, but there's a conference coming up April 28th at St. Vincent Parish, where I am, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Unbound. And it, it helps people work through to identify some of those wounds and some of the things that hold them bound, that keep them back from growing in virtue, from loving, from going to church, you know, that we really get bound up in our, in our hearts and it becomes hard for us to love and to trust and that's not good for any of our relationships, let alone our relationship with God. So some of that happens. There are some wounds there that need some healing. And just suppressing them isn't going to give you the healing. And then I'll just mention one more thing. And, and you could say some things too, Joe, mm-hmm. about your own experience of why people don't go to church. You, you probably know as well as I do. you know. But um, and another thing is that people get a misconception about who God is. And Bishop Barron, who's a great apologist, mention his name for any of our listeners to look up Bishop Barron, B-A-R-R-O-N. Mm-hmm. He did the Catholicism series and another series called Pivotal Players, and he's got some great podcasts. He, he, does, uh, he started a ministry called Word on Fire. Fantastic stuff. But he says, when I talk to a lot of atheists, I can say to them sincerely, you know, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's really true. A lot of times people reject an image of God, which is not accurate. The idea that, that God is this angry father or this very, uh, you know, maybe a father who's a little too much like our own father, who is a hard man, you know, Maybe not even a bad man, but a hard man. Mm-hmm. And when you did something wrong, boy, he would kick you back into place. Mm-hmm. And God isn't like that. Now, God is not also a blind, doting grandfather who doesn't see anything and just says, oh, everything's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be reformed, and he helps to confront, you know, our, our issues and and smooth out the rough edges but 
but he's ultimately merciful. And no matter what we've done, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter how we've failed, he always sees more in us than we see in ourselves. He always believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. And he always loves us more than we love ourselves. And he is willing to work with us to make us saints. He wants to. He looks on us with pure and perfect love, always, even when we've committed terrible sins. He looks on us with pure and perfect love. But so often our, our image of God, even the idea that we have to somehow earn his love by going to Sunday Mass, you know, or that, that we have to do all kinds of weird things or make all kinds of sacrifices, or we've got to do all these things before he will love us. No, we can't earn his love. He already loves us. And once we receive his love, then we start to ask, how can I respond? How can I love you so much in return? Then I want to go to Mass, because that's the way that I can love him so beautifully and purely, is to adore him in the Eucharist and to offer back to him the very sacrifice that he gave to us. So I think that distorted image of God accounts for a lot of people just giving up on, on church. Um, and I could say a couple more things, but let me give it a rest there and open the door for you, Joe, and maybe you want to uh, build on that or, or add your own observation. Yeah, so off of that direct example there, what made me think of is essentially you know, whenever you're trying to um, – to discourage another side, to, to, to take someone um, so you don't want to have them vote for the other team or buy someone else's product, it is normally a very, very common tactic to distort what that is. So to say that, you know, this political party is only about this, you know, the, the, make a caricature of it or, or just in general distort what the message is to make it different. Um, and that's incredibly common across the board. Um, I mean, you could see it in Coke advertisements. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a thing. So that being said, that would make total sense that that would be a general thing going a couple casts back about talking about how there is, there is evil spirits out there trying to, to do things. And, that tactic works in every other facet of life. Why wouldn't you try it there? So Amen. starting point, there's a lot of logic there. Um, and this just might be my personality coming through about, it's the builder in me, the tangible benefits of doing something versus not doing something. And that was one of the reasons that, you know, I tried to, to articulate in this cast. I know we did have done a couple of episodes directly on that purpose, but what are the tangible benefits that you get from going closer to Jesus and to God and the church? And you started this thing off with the freedom, and I believe you said the veil of faith. Well, inherently that means that it's not going to be the same tangible benefit of you went out, you built a garage, now your car's dry in the snow. Um but there really are tangible benefits. And I think that at least from the folks that I'm seeing around me and even what I've gone through in my own life, 
it has not been able to fully express, articulate, feel those benefits, even though they're real, um, and they really do compound upon each other, um, the effects of it. You know, one of the things I did before I got into building houses is I helped people build up retirements. And you'd sit with someone who's in their late 20s and tell them, you know, you only need to put away 2% of your money. So essentially you're putting away 900 bucks. You're going to do that every year. And then we're going to put it in this vehicle that's going to have it grow. Well, 600 bucks a year is 50 bucks a month. It's not really all that much. Most people's cell phone plans are more than that. But you wake up one day when you're 70 or 60 because you've had the discipline to do that. And now you have nearly a million bucks sitting around. Now, I'm paraphrasing math, and that might not be exactly accurate anymore. But the core concept remains. It's a little bit of effort today. It's a little bit of sacrifice. Yeah, you could go out and go to the bar with that 50 bucks every month and have an extra time out. But because you, you had the discipline to stick with it, you wake up and you're able to be free in your retirement. You're not based upon what what the government chooses to give you in a form of a benefit. You're able to do what you want. So if you want to go down to Florida where it's warm, you can. You know, if you want to stay close to the kids and buy them cars when they turn 16, you can. You know, and that's the type of thing that you can intellectually tell someone that. But if they don't already see the the benefit that's going to be, they won't. And I've had plenty of clients that stop going down that road of saving. And I had some clients that severely ratcheted up once they had the abilities to do so. And, um, same's true with, with the church side. You know, I've seen people that have, have distanced themselves from it. And I've seen people who have given their whole lives to make sure that it works great. I married the latter half. Um, so, um, that being said, the, um, that, that was my take based upon it. And, when you asked why do I think that there's people not going, it's they're just not able to see the tangible buildups of it. And I don't know if that's just because we don't do a good enough job of advertising it. Um, you know, at least retirement, you get people advertising, you know, this is the kind of retirement village I get to go to. I get to live in this place with 17 poles and a water slide, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, you, you don't get to see the other side of, of eternity you know you just get there um, which unfortunately is how some people live their life to retirement which again digression but that's where i kind of felt it was so you uh, again just like in our last podcast you you just presented that so beautifully and uh with a real simple uh image you know investing for retirement 600 bucks a year it's not a big deal but you got to start now and then it's going to accrue over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you really have something when you're 60. You know, beautiful image. Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent image, and um, and you're so right about you know how do we how do we advertise that better because it is a good description, and it, and it goes back to our our podcast from last week where you talked about joy. Or, or happiness mm-hmm. coming from virtue, and virtue 
is really developed through our Christian faith. Uh, as I mentioned, baptism puts the virtues of Christ himself in us. And so it's going to grow through, through prayer and our relationship with God and then through practice, practicing those virtues. And like your, you know, your batting swing, you're, it's not just a one-and-done kind of thing. I mean, you've got to keep practicing. You've got to get some coaching. And uh, it takes some time. And then we start to see the fruits. Or I think of, uh, wow, I, I remember so well when I was young, friends of mine that, that had piano lessons. And my experience of that was, oh, my gosh, you know, that hour a day or whatever, practicing hour a day and the lessons an hour, it just was always cutting in the time that I wanted to go out and play with that person. Mm -hmm. And now I look at people who grew up with those piano lessons and are able to do amazing things. And I wish so much that I had to have piano lessons, you know, mm -hmm. but it's too late for me now. Sure. And, uh, and so, yeah, what do you invest up front and what are the dividends that pay off, you know, Years down the line, that's uh, th those are those are important questions to ask. And so, part of Christianity is an investment. You're not gonna, you know, going to one mass is not gonna make you see all the difference. Now, it can you can feel good after a mass, you know. And like I said, maybe some people went at Easter and they thought, oh, that's a good experience. Maybe that's enough just to get them back for one more mass, you know. Okay, good. I'm in favor of that. But uh, for the most part, it takes an investment over time. Now, what does the end result look like? There was a time in the past when we focused maybe too much on the end result. Going to heaven, going to hell, you know? Mm -hmm. And let's, let's talk about hell in real graphic images and scare the hell out of people. Yeah. Right? That'll get them into church, yeah. you know? Now, the problem is that simply going to church out of fear of hell and it never goes deeper than that it, you know there's something missing there mm -hmm. so I think we started to focus more on well I don't know what we focused more on but what I like to focus more on is what you brought up about virtue and uh, and the kinds of fruits that I see so like I said we when we start to exercise virtue it gets easier it gets faster and it gets more joyful Mm -hmm. Take some work at first, you know. It, we got to grind through some things, but it really becomes such a beautiful payoff. And then we become more joyful people, and we become more virtuous people who can do good for others. And like you also said in our last podcast, that helps to make other people more joyful. That helps to inspire imitation, and it helps to inspire a positive response. There's a great quote from St. John of the Cross that I like. He says, if you don't find love, uh, then put love there, mm -hmm. and then you will find love. Mm -hmm. if, if there is no love, put love there, and then you will find love. And, and that's how we can really press into the space with goodness and virtue and love, ultimately, and that helps to inspire some things and to shake some of the dust off and to help people take a step forward. And I think people will find, you know, a little bit like your 
example about investment, you know, if you invest 600 bucks this year and another 600 bucks next year, another 600 bucks the year after that, you know, how much do you have? You know, is there 3,000, 4,000 that's kind of accrued by that time? Mm -hmm. You still have a little bit of money, but you have a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can see that something is growing there. And hopefully that gives you courage to say, okay, I'm going to keep going with this. Maybe even up the ante a little bit. Invest in 800, 1,000, you know, reinvest that interest. And, uh, and I think the growth in, in our Christian faith is, is going to be similar. We're going to see that in ourselves. Joy, also peace. It's a great fruit. Love, of course. We see how much more easily we can do good for others. Patience, kindness gentleness, fidelity in our relationships and our religious practice, self-control. You know, we, we're not constantly taking every, eating the whole bowl of, you know, container of ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of self-control. We can, uh, we don't have to binge on Netflix for six hours. We can stop ourselves at some point. So we start to see some of those fruits over a little bit of time as we as we persevere in doing good and in living out our Christian faith. Yeah, and um all that makes sense. Um and, and what I wanted to do was just do one other example here cuz what we just did was a bunch of examples from the positive of adding virtues to our life. And I think that this example hit me during during what you were saying there and I think that it also applies um you know, if you're in a spot where you're just not happy with how you are um, and you want to lose a bunch of weight, you know, it it can take longer as you get older. Um, as you mentioned before, you might need to take more piano lessons as an adult than you would have as a child to become the grandmaster, but you still can get there. And, you know, it might just simply start with, all right, when I'm at the grocery store, I'm just not going to buy the ice cream. I'm going to do one less of thing that was making me gain weight ice cream and i'm not going to replace that with doritos i'm just going to to just stop it um or at least in what used to take me one day to eat the entire tub of ice cream now i'm delayed enough that it takes three days so it's a gradual process and are you going to magically go from 300 pounds to 200 pounds overnight no, it's going to take a year and a half, and the older you are, the longer it'll take. But that's still a thing. But then if you add positive things, such as going out and exercises and taking long walks, as being the virtual side of this analogy, it happens quicker. But it still requires the discipline and the effort to get there. So that was just the, the other side of it, because um, as much as adding virtue does help, you can take all the sprints you want, but if you're going home and eating 10 pizzas, it's not going to matter. Um, so that's um, that's the other other end of the, the spectrum. Excellent image and, and very, uh, again, a very clear application. And one point to bring out, maybe this is already obvious from what we've talked about, but yeah, if we wanted to make a difference in our lives, we have to exercise our willpower. <laughs> Now, the, the danger is that everything does not depend on our willpower. I can't simply will myself to holiness uh, as if it were something that I could do on my own without God. 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's relational, but I have to make decisions. I've got to make good decisions. And again, John, I'm wondering if you're taking a moral theology course, you really have captured um, uh, so many nice points in moral theology. And there's a, a whole presentation of moral theology called virtue ethics. It's worth looking at. But not only do we need to do good, we need to avoid evil. Both mm-hmm. are part of it. And, and those are really uh, the fundamental moral precepts. Do good and avoid evil. Mm-hmm. As you illustrated very nicely, you know, if you're doing all these sprints, but then you're eating three boxes of pizza, uh, you're doing good, but you're also doing evil, you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you're whatever, going to church, but you're also uh, having sex all the time with your girlfriend, you're doing good, but you're also doing evil, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to do good and avoid evil. And, and both decisions will help us. Maybe we're not in a position so much to increase the good in our lives, but at least we can decrease the evil in our lives or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something. And no, I'm not taking a moral theology class, but um, in most of where these topics have come from have been during mass or in a church in one form or another. And I I think that, again, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but just the mental preparing of this class or not this for this podcast um things have just thoughts have just come into my mind during mass at random points during the mass that i don't think i've ever really gotten before and and one of which was the topic for today's cast um so uh but have just come in there and and i just felt like it was coming upon me and these are the words to figure out how to articulate into a cast um so you know i i i think that that's just part of having gone through this process and try to make it a a better thing and you know i hope that that there's quality for the listeners out there and in the message here and that each of you get this in your own ways as well because it didn't happen overnight It, it it took a lot of a lot of effort to get to this point going back to the mm. virtues thing we were talking about before about pushing pushing yourself to get better so um so on this no father do you have any final thoughts for today's cast before we conclude yeah so the thing is try it <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners uh you know and and to encourage your friends try christianity mm-hmm. try it we have to uh, make some decisions we've got to kind of Get both feet wet, you know, I mean, really wade into it uh, and, and live it for a little while. We've got to experience it from the inside, and then we'll start to see, just like uh, that investment, that small investment up front. We've got to do some investing, invest ourselves, invest ourselves in the Mass, invest ourselves in some time of prayer, invest ourselves in reading Scripture, maybe invest ourselves in reading the Catechism, invest ourselves in some conversations with people and and nourishing our our understanding our spirituality our theology and as we try it we'll start to see the fruits and on that note um again a thought that just kind of came to me to all the listeners out there you know we, we today we had a conversation about people we know that and all the examples we have in our circles that 
may or may not be going to church. And for all of you out there who are on Twitter already, you never know who's following you and, and watching your feed that a simple retweet of this cast could, could make all the difference. So we always ask everyone to, to do that, retweet us to help us grow it. We have been growing by leaps and bounds, and we can only do that with you. And we definitely thank you for helping us with that. Um, if you haven't yet, please leave us a review on whatever subscription you're getting the cast from. We wish you guys a great week, and we will talk to you next week.